It's the same old story. It's been a long day at the job, or maybe it's just starting to feel long, and you feel that urge to stretch your legs and get a little bit of a break. You walk down the street, or maybe you get behind the wheel of your car, and you feel the weight begin to lift. You walk through the doors, and the sound of the place starts to clear the air. You get a table, you order your drink, you listen to the sounds of the bar, and soak in the conversation. Welcome to the TNE Speakeasy with your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Listen in as they discuss a variety of topics, such as Nintendo Switch games, Black Panther, the Dune series, and more. About like the quality of your graphics uh, and how like clear and detailed the environment is, and if there's no story whatsoever, then you're just looking at a tech demo. Uh, it's like what a, gr- a great waste of pictures, basically. <laughs> Wish there was a story here. Whereas like at least with that one, that one has a story to it, and good mechanics as well. I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, and I hear a lot of people complaining about that kind of stuff with a lot of modern games. Where, yeah, they're so obsessed, especially like racing games. People say they're so obsessed with just the graphics and the, uh, or the maybe not graphics is the right word, but the <laughs> the immersion, the immersion, trying to fo- almost make it like photorealistic and in, in almost simu- like a, a real life uh, F Formula One simulator, just using Formula yeah. One for an ex- for instance. Then the actual gameplay is just kind of boring, and it's the same kind of stuff recycled over and over. That's, well, I mean, that's so many, like, that's, like, what will happen when Call of Duty finally, like, I don't, I don't know if it ever will, but, like, I, I don't know, man, it's, at this point, it's, like, you might as well just have, like, a base game, and it's a live stream, it's a live service game by this point. Like, why is it a new entry? It's the same thing every freaking year, even if it's three different companies. Like, they're just telling the same story over and over and over and over again. Yeah, and I guess they have their, their like, kind of different branches that they go in. Like, they have the Black Ops branch, then they have their more mainline stuff, and then every now and again they throw in some random ones like that. Uh, what was that one where you had the, the mech suits? I own it, I should remember. Uh, the exos- <laughs> yeah, the exoskeletal suits. Uh, that was Advanced Warfare. Advanced Warfare, yeah. Yeah, if somewhat mediocre game the gameplay wasn't all that improved by the mech suits but or the the exoskeletons but they were at least trying to give us something different so yeah unfortunately that led to um infinity ward and even black ops or black ops treyarch excuse me copying that for both black ops 4 and 3 sorry black ops 3 and then uh, uh infinite warfare there we go so and then after that, uh, Sledgehammer, again, the guys who made Advanced Warfare, then went back and went to uh, World War II, where they did... Uh, that was just recent last year. Uh, uh, what was that called? What was that title called now? I can't remember. Whatever that title was called, I should know, but whatever. <laughs> I'm going to look this up, because I'd rather <laughs> not make my uh, egg on my face. Egg, egg on my face. Uh, let's see. 
World War II. Literally, that's all it's called. Like, World War II. Oh, wow. I don't even think I remember that one. Yeah, no. It's that, like... So they, they were just like, we're bringing it back to boots on the ground. And pretty much all the other Call of Duty since then have, once again, avoided the futuristic stuff. Because that was always the idea of, like, especially... I mean, Black Ops 2 kind of started that where they did it in like said it in 2025 you know only three years away uh, and it still looks nothing like that or like that game but uh call of duty ghost kind of had like a future but it wasn't a total future um, oh wow ghosts yeah mm. well i did just want to mention about the uh this sort of kind of fast market of video games where yeah they just kind of force stuff out and they have the deadlines that they have to meet no matter what and they'll just drop these unfinished games have you heard much about the recent pokemon uh game kerfuffles oh boy oh boy uh okay so what do i know well so scarlet and violet just released uh i think two or three weeks ago it was last week actually or two weeks ago and what i've heard is they you know people fans enjoy it but but the graphics are largely uh, not, I don't know if inferior is a word, but they're not up to what people would expect, uh, especially since the Switch can handle games like Doom Eternal, which is surprising. So, or is it Doom, or Doom 2016, both, I don't know. So uh, I've, I've heard that some hardware stuff stuff is on that game or there's some problems there what is what is it you were going to say oh yeah that, that's essentially what i've heard that yeah in some ways the mechanics are broken like it crashes all the time on people and yeah they'll do things like during a battle they'll throw the pokeball and then the camera will like get stuck in a place where there's no information so it'll be like half the screen is just just a blank going off into space just weird stuff like that where you think if you're spending 80 bucks on a game you really don't want to be buying a game with those kind of just half-hearted production and i guess not half-hearted i'm sure the developers really care it's more the nintendo forcing it out that's the problem i mean it's either that or game yeah it's i think it's game freak not having enough time to do this which is yeah. interesting but I, I i again i can't I, I shouldn't pass judgment on that uh given that if I was director of that game, I'd want you know things to work properly. And you think they have? Or they already have a skeleton going with like all the previous games they've released. So I wonder if like and, and because they had Le Legends of Arceus last year, uh, I was wondering whether or not that was a be because they spent a lot. Apparently, that game was a lot more well received. And it worked properly, apparently. Like, obviously, there probably be minor crashes and bugs, but like that's with any game. Um, and so, maybe the time was spent. There's only 300 employees. 300 employees apparently in the Game Freak, whereas like a lot of these other games have a lot more staff. But in the with Scarlet and Violet, I. I potentially it was hindered. The production was hindered. Maybe. Throwing this out there, this is just a uh, speculation on my part, but may, perhaps because of Arceus, they did not have enough time. That's that's what I'm going with. Uh, call me wrong if that is the case, but I think that's that's a problem there. Yeah, I, 
I don't know too much about their, yeah, well, what their game output is. I'm just, it just seems a, a common issue. All these companies having like a deadline that the, whatever distributor company is, is like, you got to have the game done by this point. And they're just not quite there, but the company still takes it and releases it anyway. So, so I just, I, I thought that was too bad because I'd heard so many like cool things about the concept for that game. I was like, oh, I might, I might want to check this one out. I'm definitely not dropping 80 bucks on it if it's not really working too well. Yeah, no, that's... Especially since Nintendo games do not go on sale. God, no. Man, that pisses me off. <laughs> first party. Sorry, first party. Switch. Other <laughs> Switch games do go on sale, but they're obviously third yeah. party. I gotta make that clear. Yeah, I really want to try that Super Mario uh, Odyssey. I've wanted to try that game for ever since I got my Switch last year. It's like, ah, 80 bucks. Like, oh, I could buy so many other things with that. <laughs> but I'm planning to buy it next year. Or or maybe Boxing Day, I was thinking. I might just grab it then. Even if it doesn't go down, I might just be like, ah, screw it. I'll just buy it. Yeah, fair enough. And, yeah, I mean, now is the time to find uh, a good deal, uh, potentially. No, yeah, I, I guess the equivalent I can almost say, too, is that, especially with what you're saying about like the game not being working properly they didn't play test it you can almost say that it's similar to modern movies nowadays where i got a video to maybe sent to you at least to hear what you have to say about this person's opinion on uh on what they're because i think they make an interesting argument uh but how movies at least blockbusters or depends on the movie uh, will often rely when it comes to special effects. They'll just say like, "Oh, it'll fix it in post." We'll, uh, we'll, we'll I just have CGI be used to like you know help us help ourselves help ourselves. There's a crutch, uh, and so with games not working properly, they're like, "Oh, well, we'll solve it with patches." Uh, you'll you'll all be our playtesters. It's like, oh my goodness, what's going on there? Yep, like that didn't exist in like days of street fighter when you know they came out like in the span of five years they came out with like five different versions of it which you can almost say is like a patch version of it or something else like goodness gracious me especially with halo one it's like they didn't have the capacity to do like patches like the game had to work and it worked they they, te they tested it like themselves and with obviously play testers so they didn't have any crutches to hold on they had to make it work per not perfectly but near perfect you know the same with star wars like or at least a new hope they you know they had they didn't just say like the graphic or the graphics the uh all the models and the special effects are going to save this movie it's like it was a combination of both the live action and the special effects mm -hmm. and this and the story as well i should also mention that just cutting in here briefly from the editing bay to mention that the video that we're about to talk about is entitled you're wrong about black panther put out by the youtube channel fd signifier um, I'll be including a link down in the description, and it is an interesting video. Um, so if you're if you're interested in some more discussion about Black Panther, check that out. Yeah, and this is a little off from what you're saying, but uh, I actually did watch that Black Panther video you sent me. Ah, nice, good. I was wondering, wondering what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, the hour and twenty minute long. Uh, <laughs> Didn't feel like that, but fair enough. <laughs> oh, you sat and watched it too. Oh, pretty much. Well, yeah, I. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Well, sometimes you just send me them, and I don't know if you actually watch them or. If you uh, just... mostly uh, out of all of them, let's see. Uh, 
I mean, the Chris Benoit one I watched, the Star Wars Can't Move On I watched, mm. um, the no superhero movies, no superhero movies are not like westerns I watched. Oh, yes, um, that one. Mm. No, I've watched pretty much everything, like, I send you. Like, Weird Al recorded his first single in a public bathroom, uh, If the Batman Was Made an MCU Movie, Riddler <laughs> Year One. Like, all these I watch. The Bat- Batman theme slowed with Gotham Rain and Thunder. Like, I... Jurassic Park without music, uh, episode seven without music. Yeah, I pretty much like pre-listen and uh, read all the articles I sent to you and Johnny. Oh, okay, well, then, yeah, there you go. But anyway, sorry, as you were saying. Oh, I didn't have much to, to say about it. I just yeah, I wanted to mention that I did watch it. <laughs> it's okay. So long. And um, I guess like what what do you what do you think like do you do you think he's got a point with from his perspective? I mean, I'm not black, so I can't say anything. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, from his perspective, and I could understand coming from where he is with so much kind of um, pre-baked history that he could just implant on a lot of the characters. Yeah. Because he even, he even himself mentioned, like, yeah, you know, Black Panther himself doesn't really feel like all that much of a character, you know, and mentioned some of the other ones feeling like there wasn't all that much there to them, but you could read into them more. So, yeah. So I just gave him a richer experience than I did where I was just, you know, taking him more as face value in terms of the depth of the characters i wasn't trying to read into them as much yeah that's fair and i, I did not think of the whole like i i've totally forgot about martin freeman's character um with the, being a cia agent and i'm like oh yeah i forgot the cia hates black or yeah, african people oh cia they hate they pretty much hate everyone except for uh, money <laughs> <sighs> yeah seriously no like when is that organization just gonna like jump ship and declare themselves like a private military organization well they never declare it but they that's basically what they've been yeah. you know what they pretty much are they're they're pretty much the daily oh uh it's, it's, yeah i could see something like that yeah yeah the cia man those i i hate the like the weird like heroism and respect that the so many americans have for organizations that have been, had such a hideous history and even when they know it they're kind of like well you know They've still, you know, maybe done some good here or there, and that kind of helps justify their existence. It's like, yeah, maybe you should just close that down and start up a new organization. Maybe the yeah. CIA doesn't need to exist anymore in this day and age. I agree with that. But, but we're not Americans, so maybe that's maybe that's their business. But. We can only we can only question from, you know, outside as a, from an outsider perspective. I bet Eric probably has a much better opinion of this than we do. Yeah, it could be, could be. So I I at least am happy that I watched this Black Panther opinionated video. I think he is right in that. Um, I don't know if I'd love to get his opinion and tell my like side of the story of like, do you think this would work or? Because really, I forgot about those two white characters except for Claw. Uh, but I forgot about Martin Freeman's character. They didn't exactly exist in my version of my head canon or my rewrite. <laughs> Oh, and, and somewhat rightfully so with uh, Martin Freeman. I mean, he's barely a character in the movie. As as said, as mentioned by him and uh, not Martin Freeman, but as the uh, com- video commenter and everybody in the m- movie uh, stated, what is this man doing here? Oh, it was. It's one of the only instances that I can think of in recent memory of a token white character. I, that's <laughs> they're like. Uh, we need a white person in the room just for the white audience to imprint on a little bit, so let's put in this token race uh, equivalent for them. 
like there was two there was two characters in that film that were the minority, and that'd be you know both Claw and whatever his name is, uh, the CIA agent. Like they're literally like the only two white people in there. The rest are either well, you know, all African or you know there's the South South Korean uh, people when they're in that casino. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll say Martin Freeman showed up in the second Black Panther, and I was stunned when I saw him. I was like, wow, they really, they brought back this character that had next to no use in that other one. And they gave him a tiny bit more use, but it was still like, like, eh. Like, I don't know what this what this character brings of value. Oh, speaking of which, okay, so I want, uh, oh, uh, oh crap, okay, I was... <laughs> Dang it, we can't do it. I was gonna, like, totally, like, ask you about Wakanda forever because you were just like on me for so long but like or sorry you're you're because this is like the first instance where you're just like I don't know man you should probably get rid of that embargo because <laughs> I need your opinion on this yes yeah I'm very very uh, mixed on it and and it mostly comes down to Namor that's that's my problem and that, that's why I'm curious to, to be like does the movie is someone who's not a big reader of Namor like, do you see a lot more in it than... Because I was just... I couldn't get I past... See. Even for days afterwards, I kept it just thinking, like, wow, man, I'm just so... So kind of brokenhearted that I finally got Namor after, like, 20 years of wanting a Namor movie. And it just did not... Did not hit in any way. And it wasn't even a Namor movie. He was just a... Yeah, like, the villain. So was, it just... It hurt. It hurt. <laughs> and it, is, it is weird that, like, they went with a... I assume they, Krugler was like intentionally doing this, of like he wants, or he wants Namor to be uh, an ethnic based off an ethnic group instead of what I don't understand why they just didn't do like, well okay maybe that's the white part of me I'm showing my whiteness by saying, when you could literally make Namor, like take him from the page down and call him like a racist, and like give everybody like oh, okay. We can give every black person in the room exactly what they want, where it's like blacks versus whites. Oh. Like, I, don't, I don't understand like why they couldn't do that. Yeah, and again, yeah, I, again, I don't want to spoil too much because I'm curious when you eventually see it all these years later. But that's at least that, and so, so that this Wakanda Forever and Eternals are like, I guess, Endgame. And into the Spider Verse are like the four you would mention to me of like you have to see these. Yeah, these are the ones that it's that it hurts me a little that you've missed them because yeah, the, a lot of conversations that we could have sat in my car and talked about for hours like we used to with those. Actually, that's a, yeah, exactly is that is that uh was that another one Eternals that you were like you should have seen this one. Um yeah, but uh, le less. I mean, I still think you'd uh, get something out of it, but okay. it wasn't one that I was. Like, is itching as much to talk to you about. Okay, this is like, this and Endgame are like the two that. I mean, okay, maybe not, I'm sorry if I'm lopping Endgame in there. I'm just saying, like, because that closes out everything. Yeah, that's the one you should have waited for. You're like, okay, I'll watch that, then start my embargo. Because it's like, yeah. yeah, you left the a two parter and you just ditched out on the second part. Yeah. Like, ah, I'll just leave it. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's too bad for that. But. I should go back to Infinity War. I still enjoyed it. Like, if, as memory serves, I was like, I enjoyed it. Like, it's not fully what, you know, it's not off the script, or it's, off, it's not off the page, Thanos, but, like, I, I enjoy the adaptation. Like, it, it will we'll never, because we'll never get Infinity Gauntlet, but, like, yeah, I enjoyed it, and I think James Brolin did a good job with it. Um, 
Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of really good stuff in, in both those movies. It's a typical... So- it's it's quite the Sonic plot, funny enough, if I think about it. Like, it's, it's going after MacGuffins <laughs> uh, and preventing the man from getting the MacGuffins, whereas Infinity War... He already, or Infinity Gauntlet, excuse me, he already has the MacGuffin. I mean, that's that's literally what it is. Like, that's the biggest difference between, like, War and Gauntlet, is that in War, he's still got, like, there's still several uh, stones that he has to get. In Gauntlet, he's already got the Gauntlet and the gems. And then it's just, like, him kind of circle jerk in the universe, uh, <laughs> in a way. Making it his, like, plaything or the Kleenex to when he's jerking off, so, like... Or the uh, the foreplay, it's the uh, the foreplay to finally uh, win over the heart of his uh, his love. Yeah, basically, you know, showing death his massive dick, his massive universal sized dick, and well, again, yeah, just splooging on everybody. Did I mention to you about the uh, comic book series I was hoping to do next year? No, I don't think you did. What's going on with that? Yeah, well, I was um, after Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I was so disheartened that I was like, okay, I need a, I need a palate cleanser. I need to immediately seek out some Namor stuff and start just digging in deep again with the reading. So I returned to the John Byrne run um, as I do. That's another thing I just go back to every few years. That's good. Um, and I also discovered that in the wake of this movie that there's been a little bit of a, a resurgence of Namor, kind of one-off series. They still haven't given us a new run since 95. They've not... Uh, that just breaks my heart, but um, they have been releasing some little mini books. So, so I'm reading one of those called Conquer Shores, which is kind of cool. Um, and it got me thinking, like, oh man, I'd, I'd really love to get back into reading comics again. But, you know, I just, I have, my, I have so many different interests that it's hard to keep priority on this one. And so I was like, maybe it'd be fun next year if we just did like a little mini series of pick some different books and go through them. Well, not related to our our main uh, DC retrospectives. Well, totally. I mean, that's never. It's our freaking show. We can do whatever we want. Um, we can do any like comic reviews or whatnot with it. But I I, I I know what you mean. We're kind of stuck to like DC. It's like I never wanted to be stuck with DC, even though I want most of my favorite stuff is from DC. But I mean, I want to do Namor or no? Is it Submariner? The no. N- Namor the Deep, basically. You remember that one? Yeah, I think it was Submariner of the Depths. Submariner of the Depths, thank you. Um, yeah, I just I I, I want to do that one because I want yep. Johnny to do it as well with us because I think he'd freaking like it. Yeah, no, that yeah he might like that, and I was also thinking of uh, Thirty Days of Night, but I was thinking we might just do that with the movie too, maybe for next Christmas. Do those two? I know Johnny owns that that book, Thirty Days of Night. Have you read much uh, horror comics at all? Uh, no. Not not exactly. Mm. Yeah, so, um, so, so I was just thinking, I, I didn't have any plans for any specific things. It was just kind of a vague, I wouldn't mind integrating comic books more into the podcast uh, in 2023. I mean, yeah, I have no problem with that. It just means that we have to lessen some series. <laughs> we do like a whole like three months of, of <laughs> not doing live action or anything like that. So it goes back to ultraviolet A-rate basement. <laughs> Oh, and I do want to do more anime stuff. I think I told you I've been reading Vampire Hunter D. That's been making me uh, want to return to that original movie and return to do Bloodlust maybe sometime next year as well. Dark Side Blues. That's uh, another one of Kaguchi's stuff that was animated. Oh, okay. Okay, there you go. Got to 
Yeah, there's that series. Only <laughs> problem is, is that it's like you have to like obviously it's not available anywhere, so we have to legally watch it. Which, like, mm. Okay, whatever. That's how we watch Ninja Gaiden for pit's sake. So yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I'm just looking forward to exploring some new territory next year. Cause yeah, I feel like we did a lot this year too, but no, I just mean old territory. Cause I mean, at least I always wanted to do comics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. We just got so kind of busy doing other stuff. Yeah, no, no retrospectives for a while after this. Yeah, definitely looking forward to more random, just kind of one-off stuff. And, and of course, returning to the ongoing series. I mean, that's kind of a one-off in its way, too. Yeah, no. Again, a Transformers again, and Resident Evil uh, Extinction. That's a long time coming at this Let's point. Let's go. And then whatever the sequel and uh, the next iteration in Underworld. Oh, yes, uh, Evolution. Yeah. Evolution. And then, uh, what's it called? Oh, Star Wars. <laughs> Yeah, and I am curious uh, if you have any interest, because we're planning to do Andor next. Me, Sean, and... Or me, uh, Eric, and Steve. We were trying to get Sean, but he doesn't really seem to have much interest. I figured. But if you're interested, you're absolutely... Uh, we'd love to have you. Doors always open. Well, I mean, did you guys already do the Clone Wars? No, we haven't. We were going to wait for you for that one. Oh, well... A little three-part uh, okay, thing. Fair enough. If you were interested... We, we were we were more just focused on getting uh, Kenobi out of the way because we've been putting that off for ages, or I've been putting it off, I should say. No, Obi woke Kenobi. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, it's not uh, woke. I'm just well, I actually don't know, so I'm just making that joke. <laughs> it's fair, because you know, woke is a trigger word for people. It, it technically triggers uh, Eric in a way. Yep. Oh, we we me and Steve had a long. And Eric had a long discussion about that, and me and Steve were both like, we don't really see how this is woke. And Eric would try to explain to us. <laughs> Golly, I listened to your most recent speakeasy you put out, by the way, on yesterday. Uh, not yesterday, but like, uh, I think a few weeks ago, it was the one from like, October or November 2021. Oh, 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 the episode 33, I think it was. Yeah, that thing is so old. Like, yeah, wow. I'm gonna bring some of that stuff up with Eric at all, but like, I, I'm only, I'm not gonna call you on this, but it's so funny that you, you, you mention, like Doctor Who was a big thing you guys were talking about, but, but there was also like you mentioned like, oh, we talk about Dune, we talk about Foundation, and you literally like just talk about it like at the very end and spend like ten minutes. Uh, there's ten minutes left, and you're only spending like five or three minutes on each, and it's not even about the movies. <laughs> Or the television show was just like Eric's like foundations. I've never read the book series. I'm reading them as I go right now, but or I'm mm. listening to them as I go now. But what I hear from other people is that everybody is is saying it's crap, um, and that's all he talks about it. And then when you you guys just talk about like the whole like how uh, Dune is not a white savior trope, mm. mm-hmm. uh, and then there was this one reviewer he Eric was watching or listening to saying like. I've never read the books, so I know I'm going to be wrong on this, but this is just pure white savior. Like, this movie is all white savior. And then Eric brings up the point, which I think he's right, because I still remember that film. Who does Paul save in that film? Mm -hmm. Mm. Like, sure, people are worshipping him, but who does he at all save? His mother? Like, I mean, he kills a guy, but, like, who does he save? (laughs) Eric is right. Yeah, no, that isn't a... That is an especially strange critique for that first half. I mean, maybe if you vaguely know something about the second half, you could say that, but... Well, but that's the second half. 
yeah, it pretty much didn't save anybody at all. <laughs> like, they were they were barely uh, like some random people were like, "Is he a messiah?" But it was never like a big. Yeah, that's no, weird. That's weird. I mean, again, that that first movie is set up. Yeah, like it's pure setup for a purpose, just like Infinity War is in setup for Endgame. Heck, there, this is the op. Okay, it's so funny. Dune is the opposite of The Hobbit. You know why? Because I want more than just one, like two films. Hmm. Like. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's this time of year for me, the Dune time of year. That's literally what I said. What did I say? I literally said like every, like every two years, you're just not every two years, but every year, you're just like, I gotta read Dune. And I'm like, he's absolutely going to read Dune. This is awesome. Yeah, except this year, I chose to read Dune, uh, God Emperor of Dune instead of the first Dune. Was it that one that's your favorite? Because you said it in the speakeasy, and I should know this as well. But it's, it's either God Emperor or it's like children. Yeah, it's either the original Dune or God Emperor. Every time I read, every time I'm reading either one of them, that that's when I'm like, okay, this is my favorite. And then I read God Emperor, I'm like, okay, this is my favorite. And I go back to Dune, and I... So it's, I can't decide. I think they're both just brilliant now in different ways. With Villeneuve uh, helming all this, like, you, do you have confidence that he can do it? Uh, that's the weird thing about that book, because most of that book, the thing that makes it so fascinating is it's this guy who built this empire over thousands of years, and now he's just kind of reflecting and explaining about the nature of humanity and the nature of what it means to be this being who's seen all this and who still can experience it all because he's got this like ancestral memory. So it's a really complex, fascinating book. Um, and that stuff is, is super duper cool, but I don't know how well it would translate to uh, doing a movie, but but I still hope they make it. I still would love to see it, so. I mean, one, an animation can do it, but two, I think you can do it. I feel like there's... Like if like and to bring up you know Citizen Kane for you guys because you talked about the 4K release last year, could you do like a Citizen Kane almost? I mean, I, I again I've not seen it, but like Citizen Kane took place over a man's lifetime, correct? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I feel like you could do. I mean, it would have to be very experimental. I don't know if you would need 200 million dollars to make that film, or maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah, the effects. Because I mean, uh, do do you know anything about God Emperor? I don't know how much I should say. Uh, other than, like, it's a, like you said, a generational story, and it's, like, literally, it's it's over the course of, what, like, 10,000 years? Well, really, it's it's all taking place in one time period, but there's so much discussion about his, his, path, his golden path that he built all these years, and so it's getting into the details of that stuff as well throughout. So it's it still takes place in one time period, but the, the story itself is, like... Um, <laughs> kind of encompassing all that time, I should say. That's fair. Yeah, and it's also because uh, they talk about in the first Dune, like all this um, kind of uh, what is it? How do I how do I say it? Uh, like a like a lineage program or a continuing lines. Uh, I, I don't I can't remember how to say that right now. <laughs> so sleepy in my brain. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, but um, but there there's a lot of stuff about just the lineage of all these different generations of people that he's dealt with where people remind him of people that he knew all these years ago i think all that stuff is just like what a what an imagination frank herbert had to just imagine what someone's life would be living all those years and yeah it's just so cool you're certainly making me excited for this 
I am, uh, yeah, I'm intrigued. And gives me an excuse to go watch the, or read the book, excuse me. Hey, I'd love it. I'd love to talk about those books. <laughs> I meant to ask, uh, did you hear much about the riots last night? Oh, golly, those people, yeah, those... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that crap. Yeah, I... So I, I, I was just downstairs on the computer there, and I had the, um, I had I think CBC on on the na the national on, and I had it on mute, but I was looking, and I was like, what the hell is going on there? As they were like showing the P and E, I had no clue what was going on. I didn't even bother to like unmute. I'm just like, what a bunch of knuckleheads. I didn't see any adults present, or at least I didn't see. I was like, why is this happening? Are those like adults? I mean, some of them probably were adults, but like, yeah, <laughs> shows how they're acting, but. Um, yeah, some of these look like adults, but again, like, why is nobody doing anything? Like, since this is like anarchy and disorder, where's the police officers? Why aren't they doing something about this? Even though, you know, millennials and Gen Z and Gen Alpha all hate uh, police officers. It's like, well, isn't this like what the police are meant to do to disperse the crowd? And it turns out in the next, this morning I, I learned that it was because the baby uh, was, I guess he was at the p the yep yeah, sorry uh p and e performing a show and well no showed instead like dj khalid did at my uh where i went and saw beyonce and james ed four years ago oh wow i didn't realize you went to that that concert probably mentioned it to you before but it's fine if you forgot <laughs> no that, that's that's interesting yeah yeah someone just doesn't show up and they decide the appropriate behavior is just to sack the place well, hey, nobody, nobody sacked the place in BC Place when they were there. Don't, don't worry. Probably people were probably a little miffed, but they didn't like start a riot. But uh, what do you want to, what do you want to comment on about that? Oh, I just wondered if you'd heard about it and just the embarrassment again. It's They're just dumb Vancouver's rioting for no reason. Like what a bunch of fuck ups. What? Well, obviously, it shows why like these, these, these artists don't come up or don't show up just because it's like, oh yeah, it's gonna start a riot. Yeah, because you didn't show up. <laughs> well, no, I don't know if that's why. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? Well, you you wouldn't imagine that just because he didn't show up that they would decide it's appropriate to tear the place apart and rob rob the vendors. Let's just put it this way. We are a city known for riding. Not that anywhere, any other city in the world isn't like known for riding, but we are certainly known for riding, so it's not just sports games, everybody. Yeah, and even though I am very, you know, anti, anti the police... I'm against rioters more. I think that they should definitely be arrested for that. I mean, rioters, in terms of like if it's a like civil protest and it, it like explodes for some reason. Context. Let's 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 be a little more like clear on this. We're talking, yeah, where yeah, there's a bunch of drunk morons just just acting out like babies. I was wondering that as well if like alcohol or drugs were influenced as well. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, it's just it's just embarrassing. It makes the city look bad. It makes Vancouverites look bad. Make us look like we're a bunch of like childish fuck ups. Well, <laughs> I, I truly believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I stay. I, I I'm telling people right now. I'm telling our listeners right now. Don't come to Vancouver. It's pretty much a terrible city. <laughs> it's the worst city ever. Like, don't come. <laughs> the worst city ever. Housing prices. <laughs> yeah, the the housing prices suck. Uh, gas prices are absurd right now. Cost of living yep. is going up. It's like, yep. the only reason him and I are still here is because we live in the system. And like I usually say, is that I ain't living anywhere else because I don't want to spread the infection. 
Well, I can tell you that, uh, yeah, I would not say it's the worst city ever. That's for sure. But... Well, that's just my personal opinion. That's my personal closed-minded opinion, having only gone several places around the world and not knowing uh, what other places are like, and the fact that I'm being very hyperbolic, and the fact that we don't live <laughs> under a regime of some totalitarian government. Yes, that's uh, that definitely helps. Um, but no, it's it's definitely a city with a lot of issues, and yeah, drunk fuck-ups like those people uh, just add to it and just give a bad image, and I hope that they, you know, be punished for it. <sighs> Maybe not jail time, I'm not a big believer in jail time, but definitely community service and fines being paid. We need public flogging, let's bring that back, let's bring back the guillotine. Whoa, where'd that come from? <laughs> uh, definitely, uh, definitely don't agree with that, yeah, the Novice Leaders podcast does not endorse uh, Isaac's views of, yeah corporal punishment even though i'm one half of <laughs> even though i'm one half of the novice leaders but still yeah the the comp the the corporation the novice leaders the publicly funded i'm sorry we're a what now <laughs> yeah publicly traded i thought you were uh, like against corporations <laughs> what's this even though we're on a corporate website no we're trying to get rich now with the podcast so yeah we're selling stocks and what the f and, whatnot. and says the guy who we've not even done an ad read for by the way <laughs> No, yeah, of course I'm just playing. <laughs> but no, public public uh, flogging is definitely yeah, not. Uh, oof. The sad thing is, is it still exists in some cities today that are much worse than Vancouver. Yeah, it's so that is pre yeah, no, that is the problem there. The thing is, yeah, the, the actually the, the, there needs to be consequences to the actions to show like, hey, don't do this again. But what is the fitting like consequence? Which is not just jail time or whatnot. How do we like make these people learn or at least realize their mistakes? From our point of view, of course. From their point of view, they were in every right; they had every right to do so. Uh, but from our point of view, that's not the case. But again, that just goes back to like who is morally right in this case. Oh, I would say paying a big fine, you know, upwards of like two, three thousand dollars, which I'm sure would be a lot for a lot of those folks. Triple that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, uh, but two or three thousand dollars is that hurts that hurts almost anyone i'm sure a lot of those folks it hurts certainly pay the venue back like you gotta pay like the peony for like damages that you guys have caused yeah and and if if they can catch them yeah make them do uh some unpaid labor for the peony golly i don't even know like how you would do that it's just like because i i was i was thinking that myself today i was like okay how would i do this because i can't fight these people and with hold them down because it's one man against like a bunch of drunks and drug-fueled people um, so I guess, like, the one thing I could do is, like, one fold the cops, say, like, okay, sorry, you've probably gotten this notice already, but there's a riot going on inside p &E, what should I do? And they could say, like, leave the premises. What I'd do is I would somewhat, um, deceptively and or, how do I put this, um, subtly take either video or get camera shots, like, of each people's face. Um, mm. just to like, and then forward it to the cops to say, here you go. This is the person I can't give you their name or anything like that, but I can at least give you their face and like what a perfect description of where they were. And the fact that they were actually present at the scene of the crime and that they can't like use any affidavit. Yeah. That's how they got a lot of the rioters back in, uh, during the Olympics. Wait, Wait. was it during the Olympics? No, it was, no, uh, you mean the Canucks game in 2011. The Canucks game, yeah. That was, like, right after the Olympics, right? <laughs> well, a year later, but yes. Yeah, oh, God. It's all a blur. Oh, jeez. But, yeah, that, that's how they caught a lot of those people. Yeah, their, their pictures and... Golly, do you remember that one picture of the couple kissing on the concrete? 
No, I don't. But okay, I'm sure I still remember that. that one where like they were kiss, like they both were kissing like on the ground, and there's like a clearly a car on fire in the background. I just wonder what all those people think years later. The people who participate, do you think they're proud of it? I'm sure some of them are. Some of them are just like adult children that never, never figured it out. They're like, oh yeah, I was there. Uh huh. That and consequences never like came to them for anything, by the way, because they're still mad. They're like they're still out there like causing mischief, and so. You know, consequences be darned on them. Karma doesn't yeah. exist to them, apparently. Yeah, it could be. Could be. And that's what, like, pees me off when those kind of people, like, don't get consequences. Unless it's, like, all tallying up and it's all, like, um, compacting into this, like, giant ball that will one day, like, as soon as, like, they muck up once and get caught, like, every single consequence comes down. I'm sorry, I shouldn't, like, <laughs> I, I have no right to, like, judge another person because that just probably does seem pretty like immoral of me to do so but hey these are riders that were just yeah out of nowhere just like destroying random people's cars smashing up buildings for no reason i know one such person whose car got smashed because they were in the riot uh of 2011 uh who was a boston bruins fan uh which was my former Ooh, that would have been scary yeah which was my former boss's husband <laughs> i i called it i called it Back then, I said, and I probably said this on the podcast somewhere, on, on our channel somewhere, but I said, back then, as a 16-year-old uh, craphead, that <laughs> they, that, that any person who is a Boston Bruins fan, go over the border right now, like, get up to Kamloops, get somewhere away from Vancouver, because no matter what happens, if we win, like, if the Canucks win or lose, there will be a riot. I knew for a fact, even if we won, there'd still be a riot. <laughs> I guarantee you, because we're talking about a team who, at that point, hadn't won a, like, single Stanley Cup in over 40 years. 41 years. We have been, like, I think there's longer streaks than that, but, like, longer drought spells uh, with other teams than that. But, like, we've not seen a Stanley Cup in, like, over 41 years, and it was... 16 years, in fact, when the last time we were even in the cup running, which was also in 1994, hilariously enough, against the New York Rangers, I believe, and we lost as well. And guess what? There was another riot. There's a pattern here. And so I knew for a fact that no matter who you were on either side, uh, there was going to be a riot because people were just going to get so rowdy. And of course, 4-1, I was like, oh boy. Um, it sucked. Didn't cry, thankfully, when I saw the score. I was like, it is what it is. And then saw the news outside, and I was like, this is awful. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I was near my friend's house. We, uh, my, I was at my friend's house who was lives near me. And I took my uh, hoodie off. Or not my hoodie. I took my jersey off and rode my bike home. Just because I was, like, afraid that somebody was going to see me <laughs> and, like, you know either slut like whack me with a bat even though i was i am a canucks fan why does that make sense i don't know i was just, yeah <laughs> i was just like oh boy this is bad but i was in surrey at the time so or i'm still in surrey yeah. but i was in surrey so i was safe but yeah don't want to go downtown yeah safe as you could be in your part of surrey especially back then oh yeah no oh yeah totally um but still i was i knew i just knew for a fact that nobody was gonna like no boston fan was safe and i you heard stories that, you know, Boston. anybody who got a Boston shirt on, any sort, yeah. uh, they got beat. Like, they, they got beaten up. They got, like, hassled, harassed. It was uh, it's just disgusting. It's it's terrible. It's unethical. 
not not pleasant at all yeah criminal and just just what kind of again adult children oh we're so desperate for the the team that represents our city to succeed oh it didn't work oh fuck our city let's destroy it like how does that make sense genius logic makes sense <laughs> makes perfect sense yeah and what uh but and i also don't fully get it because i'd never really followed sports teams so the, like weird rowdy energy that they can get just always seemed there was always something about it that I just never could really understand. Oh, you would love that. You would you would love to look at like FIFA fans or UEFA fans. Oh yeah, and whenever I hear stuff about yeah those folks, I'm always like, what the hell is that? Like, does it just? It's just like mob mentality. Yeah, I guess it's just mob mentality. Yeah, and maybe the the like the element of them being like our champions and they get so wrapped up in what the champions do to represent them. It's such an interesting thing. Like it's. Yeah. There's so much like Japanese uh, animations about sports and teams, uh, like like and the actual like players and you know competitions and them trying to you know get, win games and be better uh, as a player themselves. There's so many out there. I assume this has ever been like touched upon, but the idea of like maybe maybe it's a very common thing and I just don't know, but. Um, the idea of like how crowds react and and how they especially like if a player themselves loses or like misses like uh what is it they uh they fail to uh either score a goal or, or deliver the shot oh man like they just turn on you like your your, your whole city just turns on you and i i i'll, I'll admit like i got angry as well but i didn't get to that point of like screw this person it's like no it's no different than actors now not and actors now that's always been actors but like <laughs> what we see with like twitter trying to cancel somebody or, or make death threats uh to certain people for being in movies mm. uh and their character being like vile or something like that or not a pro you can you can you know exactly which films i'm talking about and which yes. actors <laughs> Films that also... It's no different than that. ...have, like, a mass, like, rabid audience that are like, these are our champions, our heroes that we... that have been a part of us for decades. Yeah, it's part of my identity. Like, this is... Yes. Uh, like, yeah. if you screw this up, like, you've offended me, like, spiritually. Like, my identity is gone. It's like... This is a cult, man. Like, they're, they're, there's cults. It's madness. And the new, uh... The new leader of the... Unintentional leader of the cult is Little Baby. Apparently, little baby, I should say. Well, they're which little? That's the thing. Is there's so many lulls and there's so many X triple X's. <laughs> little little baby. I don't, there's something about that name that just sounds kind of funny, but I don't know. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just because he didn't show up or um, like he initialized that, like I don't. But I, I, I he's certainly to blame but i don't know if he takes full responsibility for this oh no he's yeah definitely not to blame yeah but okay i know what you mean where he's like the cult leader apparently like oh yeah it's all hail the baby oh you didn't show up well as followers we're gonna riot where's the god baby is he under this fridge flip it over he wasn't under there flip over that table maybe he's hiding under there this is exactly <laughs> my points by the way i've been i've not actually said this like on the podcast but this is my point on why even if organized religion or religion itself didn't exist political extremism and even like somewhat uh secular cults would still exist mm. like look at sports for crying out loud yeah you call that a cult right now like and there's and obviously organized religion might influence that and be a part of that as well but you take that away and you still have 
like a cult basically it's practically like a secular cult or religion excuse me in a way if you think about it you know going going uh watching um watching games uh every night or on specific days uh taking two hours of your life away to watch this like how is that any different from like going to a church <laughs> well i mean okay obviously it's not but just think about it for a second think about that you 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 buy their merchandise you're kind of tithing in a way to them like giving to the organization oh, there you go. still still like you know continue to follow them and 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 pay for their wages almost in a way it's not okay i know merchandise is a small bucket in their uh in sports teams now but like just think about that though yeah spend time reading about like draft picks or uh oh going into the whole like drafts and all statistics buying hockey cards or just you know sports cards there you go the scripture knowing knowing the rules of the game itself <laughs> like we're talking like a secular religion here <laughs> well definitely a sec secular obsession and yeah for some folks it is like their identity basically interesting secular yeah. gathering if you want to call it i don't know but like that has religious like movement but yeah I'm, I'm telling you man like you take away religion and there's still a bunch of knuckleheads out there all right all the world's problems don't go away when you take away religion but that some of the problems won't go away or a lot of problems will go away but still there's there's still a lot of stuff there's a power vacuum there yeah well we should probably start this up soon because yeah i gotta pick up brianna from work i gotta leave here That's at 10 30 that's fair. No, no rebuttal from what I just said. Uh, well, I, I mean, I, I can't really. I, I was mainly joking with my, my agreeing about the uh, comparing sports to religion. I can see it a little bit, but okay. Well, that's for another time. Fair enough. Let's put a pin yeah. on that if you don't mind. I'd like to hear your thoughts on that more, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I see. We should begin that.